This is Any Given Fun Day, presented by Joey and Ray on 104.5 The Team. All right, guys. Welcome to the episode here of Any Given Fun Day, uh, hosted by Joey with uh, Big Ray over there across the way. Ray, what's up, bro? What's up, man? Another day of New York. You know, it's fi- finally got nice this weekend. Uh, looks like some more rain, of course, coming. You know, May. May, of course, in New York is, you know, the rainiest month, but it seems like we've been getting rain every single day, every single week, at least once or twice. And I'm just sick of I'm ready for the sun to stay shining and the weather to stay nice, man. I'm just I'm so excited for summer and hoping that we're hopefully coming down to the end of this and, you know, we can go outside by, by the time July, um, July and August. Have. Yeah, dude, I'm not going to lie. Yesterday, I, uh, I spent most of the day outside just because, you know, who wouldn't? And I paid, I'm paying the price today. I'm definitely paying the price today. I, uh, I, I uh, did some stuff down at my grandparents' house yesterday and then decided I should work out outside and then decided it'd be funny if I went and played basketball outside. And this was all without a shirt. And I came home last night and wow, wow, it was really, really painful. And sleeping last night was really painful. My shoulders, like the back of my shoulders and the back of my neck and actually the back of my head because I just like, uh, not shaved my head, but I just like faded up the sides. So like my back of my head and every part of my upper back is absolutely fried. And it was the probably top five most painful thing I've ever endured uh, was trying to sleep last night. And every time like I'm a toss and turner and Mm -hmm. dude, every time it was just like burn just straight burn. And I was sitting there watching the Jordan doc, which we're about to hop into anyway. And I'm sitting there watching the Jordan documentary straight as a pencil dude on my table with a fan blasting on my neck. Just like, I couldn't touch anything. I couldn't, I couldn't even put my back to it. So I was literally standing or sitting straight up for two hours, just watching the Jordan doc and, oh yeah. Yep. So I'm paying the price for that today. Um, but other than that, dude, weather was phenomenal. It was great. To, to get out there and, you know, actually be able to go outside and see people and not have it not rain for once. And yeah, dude, beautiful weekend. And, and uh, hopefully uh, a sign of more to come. And like you said, too, about the, the virus, I think um, it sounds like uh, progress is being made and that's always a positive thing. And, you know, we'll just see where it goes as, as uh, that May 15th uh, deadline gets a little bit closer and, you know, all positive things here on uh, here on my side, dude. But um. Last night, last night was another great night. And let me just tell you, dude, I, I never expected this documentary to be as great as, as it has been up to this point. Um, I mean, where, where do we even start? I just, I never thought it would, it would get to, like, I thought it was going to be cool, but I never thought it would, it would get this kind of, you know, into it. And boy, ESPN's just doing a phenomenal job with this. And I can't, I say it every week, but I, I really can't preach it enough, dude. I mean, they're, they're crushing it and we're learning so much about this Bulls team and just how much of a killer and uh, you know, Mike was and just all the all the stuff that you see behind the scenes is, is just real interesting. Um, but Ray, why don't you start start us off with a little bit about uh, episode five? Yeah, so um, in general, like you were saying too, just to go off of what you were saying, it, it's one of the most raw documentaries I've ever watched in my like in my life. I mean, just top to bottom from you know, watching watching it last night and, and, and watching previous episodes, you know, you don't see something like this consistently, and especially on something like ESPN. You know, they're always you know about the worldwide leader in sports. Um, not very, you know, they have to put the, um, you know, content. Um, what what is it? The TVMA thing on there saying beforehand that there's vulgar language and stuff like that, which you don't see on ESPN. And I'm I'm really glad that they've that they've started doing this and. Episode five um, was more about, you know, just it was about Michael and how he um, came up with with the Olympic team, um, how he, you know, brought this whole brand and, and made basketball shoes more than just a shoe. They he made them a lifestyle. And, you know, even if you look at today, you know, how much Jordan shoes go for in general or, um, you know, basketball shoes in general, um, LeBron, KD. You know, everyone has their own shoe now. It's a, it's a common thing. And he was the one that really um, started that. I mean, obviously, they showed, you know, Bird Magic um, and all those other guys. I want to say it was like Reebok or something like Converse, that. Converse. I think it was Converse, Converse right? Yeah. yeah. They were 
um, they were big on that back then. And that was, you know, the first big thing as well, where they were just kind of supporting a shoe. And then, you know, <laughs> Michael goes out and says, I want to be a part of Adidas. Um, and all of a sudden he switches and he gets this really great contract from Nike. And he's like, I don't want that shoe. I want my own brand. I want to, I want to be something else. And, you know, here we are today, you know, it's one of the biggest, if not the biggest shoe that, you know, you see a lot of people wear, a lot of people line up to buy even still to this day. And that's, you know, saying 15 to 20 years, um, even 30 probably of, of this shoe being um, consistently a thing. And uh, it, it, that, that part is crazy to me that, you know, one person and the impact of Michael Jordan, you just see it in every episode, right? How much he has actually, um, you know, put into society and made changes to everyone's every single, every single day of life. It, 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 it's more than just him and more than just about basketball, which I absolutely love. You know, it was just more of me expecting to see kind of like the raw behind the scenes footage, um, you know, that we'll, I'll, I'll talk about, we'll talk about in a little bit too with the, um, what was it? The Jordan rules um, that they brought up in, in the second episode. Yeah. Um, but, but my first thing that really, um, that really sticks out to me about just watching this last night and we'll, catching up on everything is like you said, man, he is just a stone cold killer. I mean, every single time that someone was compared to him, someone was, you know, put up next to him. He was like, okay, you think he's as good as me. I'm going to show you that he's not, that he's a bum and that I'm the best there is right now. And that no one's coming for my neck. I'm, I'm going to tell you when I'm done. Like you, you don't see that anymore. Like LeBron, of course, obviously is a great player. Um, and is one of the best of all time as well. But, you know, you saw what these guys had to go through in Jordan, you know, when he faced the Pistons, when he faced the Knicks. And they're, the coaches are literally saying to them, do not let this guy get to the rim because he will punish you and he will, you know, embarrass you at the rim. And to see, to see and hear that from a coach's standpoint, you know, basically telling them to just go <clears throat> and just knock this guy down and just tire him out, wound him, try and hurt him. I mean, it's, it's something that, um, we talked about, we touched a little bit on last episode, last episode as well. So, um, but where I want to go with this is, you know, have you ever really seen besides MJ, um, you know, who, who was a Clyde Drexler? I think he went out, was the first, um, the first guy that he went out saying that. And then, um, when they faced the Suns as well, when, uh, the GM was like, or the owner was like, oh, I think he's a great defender. And Michael's like, I'm going to make him look like a horrible defender. Um, you know, is there going to be another guy with that mindset? Or do you think, obviously, they compared how, how much of a relationship him and Kobe had and how much Kobe, you know, took from MJ and became like MJ. Um, but besides that, have you really, or do you think that there's going to be someone else that we we see have that, you know, that tenacity and that instinct to, to prove every single time on the court that they're going up against someone that is maybe considered on their level, um, you know, to just absolutely dominate every single time he's put in a, in a, a pressure situation. Yeah. Um, I'll get to the question. Uh, I definitely will. I'll, I'll come across it. Um, just a few things too, that, that, you know, did a, you did a great job of describing that, Ray. Um, I would say first and foremost, you talked about the shoes. Um, I think one cool thing to remember about the shoes is that he wasn't even going to sign with Nike. Um, mm -hmm. David Falk, I think his name was, was his, uh, his, um, his agent at the time, sorry. And I think the cool thing about that is he he had this idea right from the start, right when Jordan was a rookie, that he wanted to have Jordan be his own his own kind of brand. And you touched on that a little bit, but you know he didn't want to be a part of a team. He wanted to be his own thing. And so Jordan, I mean, he just received a great contract from Nike. And it, the funny thing is, he, didn't, he, had no, he had no intention of even flying down to meet with Nike. And it was always because of his mother uh, telling him that she wanted, you know, she was like, go give him the chance. You know, you know this is a great opportunity. You got to see. And they ended up blowing him out of the water with this great offer. Yada, yada. Air recons came out for Nike. And the next thing you know, there's, there's you know, you put one and two together and bada bing, bada boom, Air Jordan. Um, so, you know, to, to expand off that too. You know, they, I think the first year they projected they wanted at least $3 million, um, in, uh, you know, um, payments back or not payments back. But, uh, like, they, were make, they wanted to make at least $3 million in the first year from Jordan, the Jordan brand. And I think they blew it out of the water with, like, $126 million or something. Um, and 
you know, it, it just it, it's actually insane um, how quick and how, you know, just likable Jordan became, you know, following the deals and stuff like that. Um, next thing too, yeah, it was actually 126 million. I was just double checking the, to, you know, stat check myself here. Um, you speak about, uh, you know, just some of the players that he encountered too. Um, obviously the, at the start of the, uh, fifth episode, um, you know, he got to finally play with, uh, the late Kobe Bryant, which was just, you know, it was, it was cool to see. Um, some of the quotes that we, we heard from Jordan and Kobe combined, um, were just great. Uh, obviously there was the thing with Kobe where he said, you know, I, there, I don't compare me and him one-on-one. Don't think who would win one-on-one because I learned everything from him and I'm just, you know, it's just, I'm learning from his game and it's my game too. Um, so I think that was awesome of Kobe to say great for ESPN to kind of give that, um, you know, the first 15 minutes just to Kobe with a tie into Jordan. Um, so that was awesome. You mentioned to Clyde, um, and obviously, uh, I, I don't have to say it, but he wasn't on the same level as Jordan. Um, and Jordan proved that again in that series against the Trailblazers, I think every single time. Um, and then you go on to talk about uh, the matchup that he had uh, where his GM, Jerry Krause, thought that he was great. Uh, the defender on the Suns was a good defender. And Jordan took that personally, as he does with a lot of things that Jerry Krause said uh, back in the 90s and absolutely embarrassed the dude, you know, every every night. Um, yeah, I think one thing to just add on to that is that Jordan always wanted to Jordan and Pippen, I'd say. Um, always wanted to find a way to prove Krauss wrong. And, you know, we'll see that come up again uh, later in this episode, or I think it was the beginning of the sixth episode or late fifth. And, you know, to get to your question, Ray, I do think, um, I think we'll eventually see somebody else just because there are true competitors out there. And, you know, life's, life's long, man. And, you know, a lot of people come in and out of the world think, you know, we'll see. We'll see somebody else eventually. Will we get to see it ourselves? You know, I don't know. We've seen great players, obviously. Uh, we've seen killers. That, you know, we just saw Kobe um, and how great of you know he had five championships. He, was, he had a great career. Um, but you know, there's just something about Jordan that is just different, man. And you know, he had a great quote towards. Uh, I think it was in the sixth episode, um, and it was, "I'm not addicted to gambling." I'm addicted to competition. Um, and I think that that's, that describes Jordan the best for me. And just, you know, it's not that Jordan was, you know, he just, he didn't want to win. He wanted to kill you. He wanted to find every way to destroy you, step on you. I mean, even, even flipping the coins, you know, seeing who could get closer to the wall without hitting it um, with the security guard. I mean, dude, like he would do anything to just embarrass you and he's going to make sure that he does. And you know, that's just something we don't see a lot anymore. It's just true competitors like that. And, you know, you got to be grateful to be able to go back and watch greatness. And, you know, I don't I, I don't know. I don't know. I think there's going to be somebody. I don't know if we'll get to see that somebody, you know. Um, but to, to answer the question, I think there'll be somebody else, but I don't know when. Um, I guess that's the best way to describe that. Yeah, and the, and the reason I went about this like, by asking you that is because you know, obviously the league was different then, right? And when Kobe came in the league, it was still similar to the way Jordan was playing. You know, he was coming towards the end of Jordan's career, um, and he was just getting into – he was going into the same thing that Jordan was coming out of and, and getting that mindset, talking to Jordan, consistently calling him all the time, all the time. After that All-Star game when Jordan was like, hey, if you need something, call me. Let me know. And, and you know, Kobe did and uh, consistently was just always trying to get better, always trying to find something to – you know, consistently improve on his game. He was trying to find weak spots and make them strong points every single time. And, you know, it's hard for me to envision with the way that the league is now, just because, you know, how much money these guys are making. And, you know, Jordan was making $4 million, um before, obviously, his endorsement and everything for the first four or five years of his, of his, of his career in the NBA as a Chicago Bull. And, obviously, he was making a ton of money once the endorsement started coming in, um, stuff like that with Nike, McDonald's, all the other stuff that we saw. And it's just hard for me to envision. You know, you, uh, one guy that comes to mind for me is a guy like Jimmy Butler, right? Great basketball player. I think he had, I think he has it in him to be a killer, to be a top, you know, tier player in the league, which I think he is. But 
he's not a LeBron um, type player. He's not a Kevin Durant type player. He's not up there with those guys at the top of, you know what I mean, at the top of the league where, you know, you look at them and you say, hey, that guy wants to win a championship. You know, I just feel like it's more about, you know, getting into a place that you're comfortable with, getting to a spot where you're going to make money long term um, with a decent team and leave a legacy, um, you know, with, with good stats. It, it, it's it's a different type of person when you compare someone like Jimmy Butler to a guy like Kevin Durant to a guy like LeBron. Obviously, you know, KD went to a Warriors team that was already stacked and stuff like that. But look, he still put his best himself in the best position to beat LeBron James. And he did, and he found out what that was going to take, and it made him, honestly, in my opinion, an even better player than he was when he was on when he was on the Thunder. And it's put him in his prime, and, and given him that even killer a- aspect, and it gives him now what he knows that he needs to win a championship on whatever team he's on, whenever he comes back healthy, obviously as well. And you know, you got a guy like LeBron who, you know, by himself couldn't couldn't do it. He needed someone else to to be there for him, and. Um, it just worries me that that money is going to take over the fact of, you know, wanting to try and be the greatest because MJ and even LeBron, Magic, Bird, guys like that have put such a high level um, and, and distance themselves so much from from how hard it is going to be to knock them off their pedestal that people are just going to settle. So that I don't think that's going to happen. I, that it, That's the one aspect that just worries me the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you spoke about, you know, Jordan and Bird and Magic. How about how about that? Those clips from the from the, you know, 92 Olympics. Um, dude, they were they were cool. That was that might have been my favorite part. Um, yeah. Just because, you know, we hear so much about, you know, this this uh, how great this team was and how Jordan kind of had to say and who was on the team and who wasn't on the team. And that is why Isaiah Thomas didn't, wasn't on the team was because Jordan just had beef with him. But, you know, you go up and down that, that team and, dude, the, the star power is just – you cannot compare it to any other team. I mean, I know that there's a great 08 Olympic team or, like, you know, stuff like that. But there's just – there's really no comparing. And, you know, it takes us into that practice uh, where, you know, it was Team Jordan versus Team Magic. And – Dude, you really it, that that was one of the moments in in last night's uh, last night's episodes that really got me, and it was just like, wow, this dude is like he is playing with the best of the best, and he's gonna show. Like uh, there was the there was the time where where they were up, um, I think it was like eight points. They were up by Magic was talking about, and you know Magic said, you know, he was kind of chirping uh, Jordan the whole game, and he was like, you know, you guys are about to lose. You know, I mean, he said more, but I, I don't know exactly what he said. But it was along the lines of, you better pick it up. You're about to lose. And that may have been the worst, worst thing that Magic's ever said. And, you know, after that, they showed clips of, of them coming. I think they, they had a timeout. I think Jordan called the timeout. And they came out of the timeout, and it was a three from Jordan. Go back down, defensive stop. A three from Jordan. Go back down, blue pass for a, for a, a layup at the rim. Blue pass again for another layup at the rim. And he said, next thing you know, a minute and a half, two minutes going by, and Jordan's team's up by two. And that is where, where Magic kind of just, like, stepped back, and he was like, oh, my God, like, Jordan is really good. Like, this is no joke. Like, this dude just took me over, like, shut me up, and just showed me what a true competitor is. And that was definitely one of the standout moments for me in Episode 5 was just how – you know, it didn't matter if it was a practice, didn't matter if it was shoot around, it didn't matter if it was a game, it didn't matter if it was an exhibition, it didn't matter if it was, you know, whatever the, the circumstances may be. This dude, Jordan, just elevated his game to the next level to shut you up and to beat you. And that's just something, too, that, that you know, and I've kind of preached this a little bit, but I just really hope that, you know, a lot of the NBA players that, that are just sitting at home doing the same things as us, you know, they they take this stuff and they build on it and they and you know hopefully some of them can channel some of this in, this this competition and just that 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 fire and passion that that Jordan had because you see it there I mean you see it billions of times obviously throughout the documentary but that was just one of the one of the the, the solid moments and just you know those are one of the Jordan moments that I thought that I wanted to see uh, coming into this documentary 
Um, and you know, episode five was, was great. And, you know, we'll move on to episode six too, but, um, yeah, dude, I just, something about that, that dream team and, and then just seeing, seeing Jordan just take over in that practice and just install the same nasty mentality that he has in, in the highest level on game six of the finals as, as he would in a, a you know, a, a five on five scrimmage, just, it, it blew my mind. It absolutely blew my mind. Yeah, I completely agree. And just before we get into the, the next episode, um, just to touch on, you know, I, I was talking to my dad about it yesterday when we were um, watching a little bit of it. You know, the fact of, you know, USA, they talked about in the documentary as well that, you know, USA basketball wasn't a thing, right? I mean, they had literally no one. They had no star power. They weren't able to put NBA players in the Olympics until that 92 Dream Team. And then you come out with this unbelievable top to bottom line of talent with guys who, you know, like, like you said as well, you know, they talked about in last night and had MJ even talk on, you know, the whole Isaiah Thomas thing, right. Where, you know, Mike Wilbon said in, in the documentary that, you know, it wasn't just Michael, right. Isaiah Thomas around the league and the Pistons around the league were just a consistently hated team because every single time that you went up against them, it was a dog fight, but it was also hatred. It was, it was, they were trying to edge you off your game every single night and you knew you were going to go into Detroit and have, have a dog fight every single time, but they were going to come to you and bring it to you. And, you know, they showed a bunch of clips of, you know, him having problems with obviously Michael, him obviously having problems with Scotty, him having problems with um, Magic Johnson, him having problems with Bird. I mean, half that team disliked Isaiah Thomas. And, you know, he's even said, I met the criteria. It was just, it would have been detrimental and felt different on that team. Um, which is crazy to think about that, you know, they probably had a collective decision and went to the, you know, top four or five guys, Magic Bird, um, Scotty, and MJ for that team and was like, do you want this guy on your team, on this team? And they were probably all like, no, we're going to play a lot better without him here. We're not going to have to worry about as much. And even though he's, even MJ said it, he's the second best point guard right behind Magic. I mean, you, you put Magic and then you put Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas right behind him. So um, that was a really interesting, you know, take to me on, you know, I never really realized because I was didn't grow up in that time period that how much Isaiah Thomas was was hated as a basketball player because you hear him and you hear his voice now and just how how humbled and laid back he is. You would just never think that um, of a guy like that. So it that part to me and and how much you know culturally Jordan changed his entire um, his persona over over a time of winning a championship, dominating in the Olympics. And then just showing out that, you know, USA basketball is here. He is the best player in the world. And, you know, this is the era of Michael Jordan was, was just a sight to see. And um, just incredible to, to watch everything in, in, that, in that aspect of the Olympics. Just absolutely, just a ridiculous player. I mean, you know, and we talk so much about the game and just like his, his game aspect. And then... Uh, episode six kind of just pulls a key change on us. And, you know, we go from seeing a lot of the game, which we still do, obviously. I mean, we see a lot of hoop, but we also see kind of the life of Michael Jordan um, and, you know, everything behind the scenes. And this is the juicy stuff right here. And this is, you know, a lot of us that are, you know, me and you're like around our age or, you know, a little bit older, a little bit and everybody younger than us. Um, you know, we never saw his game. So obviously, you know, it's been great to see that, but then you wonder what it, what it's like to be, to be Jordan. And you see what it's like to be LeBron nowadays because of Instagram and, and this and Twitter and, you know, everything under the sun that has to do with technology and all the ways that we can see, you know, LeBron, who's like kind of our modern day Jordan, his life. Um, but you know, it takes us through a couple of days in Jordan's life and just what it's like. And, you know, there's so many things, there's so many places I could start with this. Um, but let's just, let's start with, you know, Jordan's fame. Okay. And just where he started and where, he, you know, where he was say after the Olympics. Um, and, you know, I went from, you know, Jordan never kind of let it get to his head. He always said, you know, he's like, I don't want anybody to be, you know, I wouldn't want to be like Michael Jordan. You know, he, he kind of told us, uh, uh, you know, a plethora of times, that he doesn't, he didn't want to ever be a role model. 
Um, he just kind of wanted to focus on his craft and, you know, just be a hooper, be a competitor, and not be this role model for everybody. And, you know, it kind of jumps into, I think one, one thing that really stuck out to me was when Jordan looked up and he was, I think, leaving the Olympics or whatever, and he looked up and there was that huge billboard um, of him throwing a reverse dunk down. And they were kind of like, Jordan is literally the most famous and, you know, high-profiled athlete in the world now at this point because he kind of took his game and he expanded it to, you know, all these other countries and got put, put it on the Olympic level. And now everybody knows who Jordan is. Everybody knows how dominant he is. Like, wow, it's, this, is, this is for real. And, you know, you see, you see throughout, and Ray, I'll, I'll actually shoot this over to you. Um, what do you think, like, what do you think Jordan was really trying to, like, tell us? Do you, think, do you think he enjoyed everything that he was doing? Or do you think, like, if he could go back and do it again, he would, he would kind of just, like, he would stay away from the limelight and stuff like that? So here's the thing is I, I think he, you know, we saw that hotel clip of him, you know, just smoking a cigar, laying back and like, oh, it was all peaceful till you guys got here. And, you know, every single time that man stepped into a public scene, it was, it was a mob. It was, you know, people were waiting to see him. People wanted to see him. People wanted to talk to him, you know, get a, get a piece of him, basically. And um, he clearly didn't like that. He didn't want to be that guy in, in the spotlight, but coming with, you know, being the best player in the world in a time where, you know, the press, the media, everything like that became such a big deal. And um, everything just kind of melded into one, right? Because with obviously the highest praised best basketball player in the world is going to come start. And it, it that's where it started for and kind of paved the way. Cause now we expect that, right? I said that to you before the start was we, we just expect it's the norm of, of the NBA and of the MLB, of celebrities, of, you know, anything um, celebrity-wise, whether it's sports, you know, music or whatever, is people are just in media and you can't escape that. But Michael was basically almost like the test rat, right, where, you know, they pushed him and pushed him and pushed him, and the media wasn't noticing that they were doing this to the point where he was not enjoying, you know, playing or just being um, in the spotlight consistently because a lot of it, and we still see it to this day, is negative. It's a negative impact on you know his mental state and everything that he's doing is being turned on its side, right? It, it, you know He wanted to be and focus on himself, focus on winning championships and be the, considered the greatest basketball player of all time, but while doing this he had to, he had to juggle media he had to, you know deal with media we saw it at the practice right where he had a ton of people just wanting to ask him questions about the Atlantic City trip when uh, when they were down 1-0 to the Knicks and then he, he was um, they said that he went to Atlantic City with his father and his family and that he came back at 2am it's like and he was like Bill I'm gonna I'm gonna do this because it's gonna help me it's gonna clear my mind and if anything I'm gonna play better and then he came back game two and the media um, rules him again because they lose game two and then what happens they come back one four straight he woke the beast and Michael Jordan shows he is Michael Jordan and to me to answer your question um, I don't think he would have done it differently I think he would have wanted the media to I, I would say wanted the media to just ask more right because they they're assuming and and jumping to conclusions and, and jumping down his throat, which is where media has gone, gone now. You know, if you said one thing back then that was, was a wrongdoing or, you know, wasn't shown as good because Michael Jordan was put in this, you know, he is this perfect man. You want to be like Mike. You want to be everything that Michael Jordan is. And he ended up showing that, you know, he's like everybody else. He's not, he's not perfect. And he's not going to be um, for his entire life and his entirety in the NBA. <coughs> Excuse me. But um, I think if the media was not as bad to him and, um, you know, when he had that interview, right, with his glasses on and everything like that, he was willing to answer questions. He just wanted people to actually ask and get his, his full-fledged answer instead of jumping to, hey, you did this. Why would you do this when you know, you know that it's not right for you? It's not good for you. 
and that turned some people off to him and he didn't really care. He just wanted to continue with his career. And, um, I think he want he, you know, he lo- obviously loved the game of basketball, but, um, where would Michael Jordan's career have been, you know, said that if, if media wasn't such a big part in his career, because it seemed to lead him to the end of his career and lead him to wanting to retire so early in, um, you know, not playing those two to three years before he came back, went and played baseball and, and all that stuff. So, you know, what happened if he never went and played baseball? And um, it, it, it's just a big question mark, right, that we're never going to get the answer to. But the media was definitely a huge part, and his fame was definitely a huge part in him wanting to take a step back and just um, be able to be himself. Sure. I, I like that. I like that. Um, a few more things just to do with Episode 6. It's obvious, I think, to me. And I'm sure it is to a lot of the viewers, including yourself, right? It's probably what we see is the buildup to Jordan going to play baseball in episode seven um, and him making his decision to leave because um, I'll get to I'll get to why I think that in a second. But before I forgot it, I had to mention it. Um, one thing, too, that I thought was actually really interesting and possibly my favorite part of episode six was the, the camera following Jordan. Um, just out of the out of the locker room from when he left the apartment to after you know his day was completely over and it was Jordan leaves the apartment as soon as he walks out his door there's people there to greet him all kinds of people there to get a, to get into the to the uh, bus to go to the game or to drive his car to the game and then his drive over and how insane that was and then Jordan would you know his walk to the to the actual uh, locker room from when he gets out of his car and just people are just all over him and then he goes they, he explains he goes and plays his game and plays this great game and then he comes he, they go Jordan has 10 minutes uh, from the time that he finishes the game to the time he's out, done with the locker room before he has to go confront the media and it just speaks about you know how he goes out how he goes out after the game and you know there's people just just a, this huge crowd of people that's just out there swarming him and how he couldn't breathe and it's just you know all the way back to when he gets to his door back at the apartment of just jordan just being suffocated by me by the media and you know kids signing you know him signing autographs for kids and running up to him and and you know you name it and dude i i would never i don't think i would ever want that life um just because you know you see that and that's every day for for mike we weren't getting a special a special video we were just getting Whatever content they could find of Jordan, you know, leaving a game, just a normal game. It wasn't a crazy, crazy game or anything. It was just another game in Jordan's, you know, career. And, you know, just seeing that was like, you know, wow, like this guy literally can't breathe. He's always in the face, in the, in the eye of the public. Um, and, you know, to to build off of that, too, you sp- we spoke about, um, you know, just how it looks like it's leading up to um, – you know, him playing baseball, you see how, how just tired Jordan was of just being scrutinized and, you know, his gambling problems and how that, that was the whole thing and how, you know, they wouldn't leave him alone, you know, regarding gambling. And he, and he had the, the quote that I mentioned a, a little while ago of, you know, I'm not addicted to gambling. I think it's fun, but I think I'm addicted to competition. And you'd see him throwing down 20s and double, doubling down if he missed on something and betting thousands of dollars while on the plane on the team plane rides and you know they were playing blackjack or poker or whatever it was and you know and then it shows him going up to the front of the the plane where there's dudes playing like dollar you know dollar blackjack or whatever and he goes and they go you know what why'd you want to come up and play with us mike and he goes because i want to see the look on your face when i steal your money you freaking losers so, like that's exactly what and and you know i think that that says a lot to me about how jordan approached gambling it was just I want to beat you, and it's, it just so happens that there's money incentivized for me to beat you, so I'm going to gamble it and beat you. And, you know, all this stuff was just a buildup, uh, and especially the gambling thing, uh, was just this huge buildup to Jordan, you know, winning the finals and how it was just, it wasn't as much of an accomplishment as, as it was just a relief to, for everybody to just shut up for one second. And just, you know, Jordan was like, is there anything else you need me to do? Can I just sit here for 10 minutes after he won the finals? Can I just sit here? Can I just, can I breathe for a little bit? Or do I have to go answer 50 more questions? Can I just breathe? You know, the politics thing, uh, we didn't really touch on that. But, you know, 
and and that brings up another good point. I'll, I'll run through this real quick, right? But you know, that that whole that whole situation, it didn't make me angry because I think everybody would have loved to see Jordan as a little bit more of a an, an advocate for for uh, you know the whole racism thing that was going on. But you know, there shouldn't be an expected thing here. You know, you're your own person, and Jordan just didn't want to be involved in that. So I, I get that a lot of people were were probably you know heated a little bit from that. Um, but at the same time, you know, you can't, that's, that's just not who Jordan was. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing at all that Jordan didn't want to be involved in politics or anything like that. He just wanted to go out and play the game. And, you know, if people enjoyed how he played the game and stuff, then, then so be it. But he didn't, he didn't really care. You know what I mean? He, he had his money and he was, he was just happy with his money and he was happy doing what he was doing. And he wanted to go play golf instead of going and, and speaking and, and, you know, creating bad blood he just kind of wanted to go out there and and play his game and compete and then you know go home and and you know smoke a cigar and you know you could just see the build-up right up until the end of this episode of just everything coming up on on jordan's shoulders and then you know that final quote of is there anything else you guys need from me um after he won his his third finals in a row uh just seems to to lead to you know we might see a little bit of the chicago white Sox in the next episode yeah, and that that's an exciting part for me too because I never really got to um, know too much about his his baseball life and stuff like that. So I think that's going to be an interesting melt and to see how they do that, um, bring bring that into play with everything you know that they just kind of threw at us in the last episode. Um, just to touch on it a little bit, I think with the whole you know politics thing, he he really said you know this that's not my link. I'm not trying to get into something that's not me. I'm going to do me. I'm going to do it the best. And then that's it. I mean, if you don't like it, you don't like it. You don't, I, I, I like you, like you said earlier, he didn't want to be that role model. He never wanted to be that role model, but he also said, you know, if I inspire you, great. If not, go find a different guy. Like, you know, it, it's, it's that simple. And he's that raw and that adamant about himself and, and going into the betting thing is he always just bet on himself. That was the main thing is, is he believed that he was that good and he knew what he was capable of that he would just bet on himself every single time. And if he lost, he lost because it was, you know, it was him and him only. It wasn't like, um, you know, he had like a, a horse, a horse racing gambling problem or something like that. It was, it was him consistently betting on himself and believing in what he, he, he had, had put himself through to get to the point that where he was at, that he had that much confidence, right. Where um, I believe it was David Aldridge that said, you know, 10,000 to him was, you know, his ten dollars to us, right? He had that. He he's got that. You don't you don't got to worry about him unless he's you know going broke, filing for bankruptcy, and selling his house. Like, um, so to me, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Um, I'm already can't wait for for next weekend, just just for Sunday night because that was honestly probably the quickest two hours of my life. I, I really want to say. Yeah, I, it's hard it's hard to disagree with that, dude. I mean, I just think. You know, they keep they keep finding different ways to make us interested. And, you know, a lot of people have complained about the timeline issues. I I kind of like it because I don't want to see everything in order. I want to see I want to see staggered. You know, I want to see everything, you know, and, and sometimes that's the only way to cover everything is to, to go back and forth and and to go through different things. So I, I love where it's going. I love I, I, I strongly believe that next episode is going to have to have a lot to do with a the the you know, Jordan deciding to leave basketball. And I feel like we're going to see a lot more of, you know, of the mental side of Jordan and, you know, be his comeback and, you know, just getting reacquainted and kind of just sitting down with everybody and saying, listen, listen, I'm back. Um, let's, let's go win some more championships. Um, but I'm just excited really to see how that whole thing is going to kind of unravel because we've never heard this. We've never, you know, we just know Jordan left. We don't know why Jordan left. You know, this may have been part of the reason. Um, but, you know, I guess the truth is going to come out next week, just as the truth has came out about a lot of things. Um, and, you know, like, I can't say it enough. They've done a great job. And, you know, I'll be there next week to watch, as, as I hope you will be. Um, the next thing, too, Ray, and we'll just stick on the, uh, the NBA before we end with a little uh, – little NFL news that that doesn't surprise me one bit. Um, you kind of mentioned something to me the other day that, and you know, I've kind of heard, you know, this and that about it. 
Um, but you sent me over something from ESPN uh, regarding, you know, the NBA comeback, and it was, you know, this thing centered around the bubble. Um, you want to just explain that a little bit and just kind of go into depth? Yeah, I got you. So basically, you know, we talked about a couple weeks ago how the MLB was trying to start a league in just either Arizona or Florida trying to, you know, come at at the coronavirus and, and, and make a way where we can still play baseball, we can still have somewhat of a season um, and end up having a victor at the end and having a World Series for people to be able to watch. Um, so the NBA has kind of took that upon themselves to say, hey, if they're going to try and do it or try and figure out something, why can't we do it? And Las Vegas was like, hey, why don't you come here? We have a bunch of you know stadiums and stuff like that are all right next to each other, just like the MLB. And why not just be able to do that here when people are creating basketball, they're creating sports, they're creating something to watch. If we can do it in a, in a, in a positive way, a safe way, um, you know, what are the biggest things that we need um, to, to be able to do this? And the first thing um, that they came out with was, you know, obviously testing needs to be a must. They need to test everybody um, before, before they get into this so-called bubble where they're all staying um, in a certain vicinity, you know, not leaving and um, kind of just being under quarantine and being able to go basically just from stadium to home, stadium to home, and then you know, they'll get everything brought to them um, that, that they need resource-wise or anything like that. So um, the first thing is that they wanted at least 15,000 tests and, you know, will they, would they be able to get that? that that's, that's really more to be seen um, in general because, you know, obviously we're in the mid-stage of this right now. We're seeing if there's going to be another outbreak, and um, you know, obviously they want the NBA to be at the forefront of this, and they want want to bring basketball back to the people, but they also want to be able to um, make the American people safe again and, and be able to put everybody back in their lives, uh, back to their normal lives, and and bring everything back at once. So, um, one thing that they touched on as well that they were worried about, you know, is the older coaches in the NBA, guys like Greg Popovich, um, guys like Mike D'Antoni, who are older and, you know, would have a very high risk, um, you know, that they that someone got it in the league or someone got it on their, on their team and you know, they were they were infected with the virus, you know, obviously, you know, that it, it affects older people um, more than it does younger people to, to a certain extent. So that, that's the one thing that they were talking about. And, you know, how long would they be able to do this, right? There's still 250 regular season games um, total that were supposed to be played the end of the season before the playoffs even started um so you know how much would they be able to do how much how how many games would they take out of that how much of the season would they completely play out um you know with obviously the limits that they have available to them and the access to stadiums that they have to them as well um that that remains to be seen as well and will they keep the playoffs the same will they keep the you know the rounds the same how many games it takes to win a series stuff like that and you know the last uh, one of the other things was where it could be established. Like I said, uh, Las Vegas was definitely a place, and in MGM, uh, Walt Disney World Resort in Florida uh, has recently gained momentum, and um, you know it, it, it's it's circling around trying to just find that one location. And one major thing, obviously, we, we talked about this um, when we were you know saying that this could be actually a possibility a couple weeks ago was you know, these guys are really going to just by themselves. They're not going to be able to be with their families. Um, the whole point of this is self-isolation. And how long would they you know, be in this for? Would it be months? Would it be you know two or three months? Has this um, you know not gotten better? What happens if this blows over and they're in the middle of the season or something like that? So there's a lot to take into it. Um, and I just kind of want to get your feedback on all this. I, I threw a lot of information at you at once, um, but I want to know, you know, do you think this? this is going to work and do you think it's it's a possibility obviously it's a possibility um but do you think that in the end that they will eventually do this or do you think that um sports in general is just kind of going to have to be a way to seeing things no matter uh what, what sport it is yeah um you know all right so first i'll talk from from a fan's perspective and then i'll talk from like you know a sports guy perspective so i think from a fan's perspective First thing you got to take into consideration is, <clears throat> sorry, cool. All right, first thing you got to take into consideration 
is the fact that we all want sports back, okay? We all want sports. We all want competition. We all want live games. But you also got to take into consideration as a fan, too, you know, take us out of the picture. Take us out of, you know, the stadiums. How much does that impact, you know, a player nowadays? And, you know, I, and a great example, uh, well, not a great example, actually, but an example would be the scrimmages that we see from, um, you know, the Jordan documentary. Jordan, like, you know, stuff is just different from then and now. A lot of, a lot of how players play now is to feed into the crowd. You see Joel Embiid is one of those guys who always feeds into the crowd. You see LeBron who always feeds into the crowd. Um, and then there's players that don't need the crowd as much, like, like a Giannis or like a Kevin Durant. Um, so it really, you know, there's a lot of things to take into consideration here. Um, I, I know you threw a lot at me, but I think from a fan's perspective, I'd want it back now talking from uh, a guy who has a sports podcast, who works at a radio station, um, who talks sports, uh, you know, and gladly gets paid to talk sports. I think that it's just, I think it should just be, you know, wipe the season away. Um, I think that there's just too many things to, to kind of juggle. And you mentioned the older, the older crowd with like Antoni and Popovich and, you know, you know, essential staff that, that may be in, in, you know, anywhere past, you know, 40 or 50, you, you got to pay attention to all that stuff. And that's all things that, that are, that are very scary, um, to, you know, kind of take into, into consideration. And, you know, I would never, I would never want to put anybody at risk like that. To, to, you know, like, especially, you know, somebody as, 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 as important as, um, as Pop or, or D'Antoni is, I don't want that, I don't want that to, to, you know, get in the way of their, their lives. And sorry, I'm kind of stuttering here. Um, I just got some big news. Uh, it looks like baseball will be coming back officially. Um, and, you know, big thanks to Kevin for just doing this. I'm actually reading his text right now as we, as we speak, um, but it looks like on June 10th, uh, spring training will start, and it looks like July 1st will be the opening day, um, and they'll be playing at their home ballparks. Uh, so, you know, good news here, great news here, and it looks like we're going to have baseball back um, in, you know, a little bit over a month. Um, we're going to be watching spring training, and we might get half a regular season. So um, I'll let you talk on that in a second, Ray. But just to finish off what you said and just to finish off what I've been thinking about, I don't want, the, I don't want this to, to kind of plague anybody. I don't want this to be a reason why we lose another, another big guy in, in basketball or like any, anything like that. I mean, losing Kobe and, and having this was, was more than enough for me to handle. Um, and, you know, I don't want to put anybody at risk. And I get tests are a thing, but, you know, you can never – you don't know it's over until, until, the, until the fat lady sings – and they say that it's over. So, you know, with me, I, I'd rather personally it be done um, and just kind of, you know, let's, fr let's start fresh in December. Let's, you know, let's take this. This is unprecedented times and let's just stay away. Um, but, Ray, back to what, what I was kind of saying and mentioning before, uh, two dates to remember. June 10th, spring training two will start. July 1st looks like it's going to be opening day. Uh, yeah, dude. Shoot. Let's hear it. Yeah, what? First of all, I just want to know what what is Kevin's sources. I just want to know, does he know where? Do you know where he got it from? Yep, it looks like it's coming from a guy, uh, Trevor uh, Plouffe, maybe. And Trevor Plouffe. Trevor, oh, it's Trevor Plouffe. Oh my God. Yep, Trevor Plouffe. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it looks like, uh, yeah, I mean, it looks like it's gonna be back. I mean, he's getting he it's going. It, he's putting it live on his podcast. It looks like. Um, yeah, former yeah. MLB player. So, yeah, that's why I was confused. I was like, I didn't know Trevor. Trevor had a freaking podcast, so that's what kind of scared me. I was like, yeah. is it like unless he was an Oakland A, maybe? Oh God, I, I don't remember. I mean, I, dude, I, I mean, he's. It seems like this is actually going to happen. Um, well, hey, let me. I'll, I'll talk about it then. I mean, I'm extremely excited. You know, I think. You know, baseball is, you know, even if there's not players in the stadium, man, I, I've just been itching and dying. I've been playing MLB since it came out. And, you know, just to really get some actual live action, um, watching the Players League has been amazing. But in general, just to be able to see some live baseball 
to see all the storylines that were you know projected this year. I, I, I'm excited to see, even as a Red Sox fan, I'm excited to see how Cole performs in in New York. Um, I'm excited to see how Yasmani Grandal does um, down in Chicago with that insane young roster. Um, I'm really excited to see how the Reds do this year. I think they're going to be a really underrated team if um, Bauer, Sonny Gray, um, and that pitching staff can really hold up. The one part of them um, will be their bullpen. I'll get into more um, each team-wise when we hopefully do that 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 team by team now soon um, with 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 the dates. But um, just in general, man, uh, there's so many storylines, so many things to watch. Um, you know, so many young players that I think can have a, a huge impact um, on a lot of teams this year that hopefully we'll be able to see come up who who shined in spring training. A um, couple names that just come to mind, uh, Bobby Dolbeck uh, from, from the Red Sox played really well. Um, Cabrian Hayes uh, from the Pittsburgh Pirates um, had, a, had a really good start to the spring training before it was, um, before it was taken over. Just a lot of guys who, um, you know, I think will get their opportunity, and especially in something like this where it is a short season, and if you start doing bad quickly, they're going to just, you know, throw guys in and, and see how they do because why not, right? I mean, you saw a team last year like like the Toronto Blue Jays and, and what they did, you know, they're bringing everybody up at the same time and, um, you know, just letting these guys get experience because they are their future and they need to see if they're not going to be their future um, if they can't perform at the level that they need to or at least start to get better every single year, then they're going to obviously have to change their – um, their position on that. So just a lot to take in, um, you know, pitchers and catchers and um, opening day. I mean, just hearing that um, just gets me excited and I really can't wait. Um, you know, I'm hoping that obviously stadiums open up too as well, um, you know, by the end of the season. So I can go to another, you know, whether it be a Sox, Yankee or Mets game, uh, whatever it is, maybe even try and get down to a, a stadium I haven't been to yet, but um, just in general, man, extremely excited. I hope uh, these dates stay locked. Obviously, they're probably subject to change if things don't get better. But, um, you know, just in, insanely excited in general. And that's really all, all I can say to that. Um, two good things, too, to, to say off of that. One, being a, a lower-end podcast still, we can obviously, you know, kind of say these big things. And then if they come to fruition, then they do. But if they don't, we don't we don't get we don't get scolded for it. Um, so that's one good thing. Two, I don't know who Trevor Pouffe is, but if he if he would please stand up and and kind and kind of and kind of square up, I'd be this I'd be guy. cool with that. Because guy, I don't know. I remember Trevor Pouffe. I remember Trevor Pouffe. So wherever you're at, bro, you know. Thank you. Squ- square up and thanks. But um, you know, kind of. So you know, whatever comes if it comes to fruition. Beautiful, but if it doesn't, uh, Trevor Plouffe, you're going down. Um, <laughs> Trevor Plouffe, Trevor Plouffe, you're good, dude. But you're you're uh, your alter ego Plouffe. You know, I want a piece of you. Um, and <clears throat> you know, kind of to move into our last topic here, Ray, because um, we are kind of pressed on time. Is <clears throat> what about this this trash man that we've been? I've been literally calling him. I, I've been t- I've been saying he's been trash since we started this podcast. Okay. And you know exactly where I'm going with this. The, the trash man has officially been dethroned, I think, by a ginger. And, you know, Andy Dalton has signed to the Cowboys for a one-year, $7 million contract. Um, and, you know, this is just uh, – it's, it's just a big told-you-so, I think, for me. Because I, I've been saying all along that, that, you know, Dak is just not – He's, he's not that great. And yeah, he had a great statistical season and everything adds up, but you're not winning football games. And I will stand by that until, you know, we see Zeke run for 1,300 yards again and, and you know, they're winning again because that's, that's, that's when Dallas is at their best. But, wow, what a surprising just turn of events. I mean, one, Cam Newton's still on the board. Two, Andy Dalton was just released from the Bengals, I think, what, maybe Friday, Thursday? And... What the next day, Jerry Jones is reaching out and and signing him. Um, it does. It really doesn't. It kind of caught me off guard, but it doesn't surprise me that somebody else got paid before Dak Prescott got paid, if he's going to get paid. Um, Ray, we'll just get your thoughts on that real quick. Yeah, I mean, Andy Dalton obviously had a struggling year. You know, didn't have AJ Green, um, but now you kind of look at Joe Burrow and you're like, you know, he's the next man up. Um, 
and they and he has a lot to offer. I mean, he really had a lot of he has a lot of options going into next year if everyone can stay healthy. And um, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do, obviously, um, with that team. But at, from an Andy Dalton aspect, you know, you, you're going into a team, um, you know, with a free mind, right? I mean, you just they put him in at the end. They benched him mainly for the majority of the season last year, and then put him at the end. And you know, he kind of had that spark that he had um, in the first couple of seasons when he was playing with the Bengals. So. You know, it's going to be interesting to see if Dak does get paid. And in my mind, you know, they didn't go all out and signed Andy, Andy Dalton to a long-term contract. So in my head, if I'm Dak Prescott, I'm still thinking I'm going to get a deal. I don't know if he's going to get the money that he wants or thinks he deserves. But, I mean, when you look at it this way, what other team are you going to go on to and, and compete at that level that with, with the team that you have? I mean, you just brought in a guy like C.D. Lamb who's going to bring it, bring even more to your offensive end. Um, you still have Zeke. You still have Mari Cooper. Uh, you got rid of Randall Cobb. But, I mean, you still have, you know, a lot to offer. You have one of the best offensive lines in the entire game. You have, you know, you're playing for one, if not the biggest marketable team in the country. You're going to have a lot of pressure on you, and you're going to need to show up. So it's really more of if Dak wants to – if he doesn't get that contract that he wants, if he wants to stay there and prove himself that he deserves that contract, um, you know, or if he just says, Hey, I can go get money somewhere else. I don't, I don't need this. I don't need this team. I don't need to win. I just want, I want to get paid. And I, I think I know what, what my worth is. Um, it's going to be really interesting if Dak doesn't go there um, to see if, you know, do the Cowboys go get a different, you know, mid tier guy. Do they, um, what happens if Dak leaves and does do they sign two quarterbacks in the offseason? Go maybe go get Cam Newton. It's like, you know, there's so many um, different variables to this, and just in my mind, when when they signed Andy Dalton, I was just kind of like, is that it for Dak? Like that that was just where my head went. So, um, in general, I think I, I I don't I really don't know where they're going to go with this. I think Dak is going to stay, in my personal opinion. Um, I don't think that there's another place they can go right now, unless you can, unless you can give me somewhere where you think he might be better off at. I mean, <clears throat> I think Dak Prescott. I, I, am not gonna get into it. I, I don't even. I'm not a, I'm not a fan. All right, uh, like I thought he was cool at first, and then like, you know, people just started gassing him up, and I'm not. I'm just not on the same wave. I'd be happy if if Andy Dalton was the quarterback of the team. To be, to be truthful with you, Andy Dalton. Could could have won playoff games. He, I think he's just as good, if not better, than than Dak. And you know, great signing for for the Cowboys, honestly, because you know I feel like Dalton knows how to, you know, work with work with running backs. You know, he's had um, he, he ran with Joe Mixon a little bit, and I just feel like you know he's going to be comfortable in this role. And I feel like Dak is kind of just too new style for an old coach like McCarthy. I I just. There's a lot of things that are that are in the air for this this Dallas team, um, but I don't really see Dak. I couldn't see him playing anywhere else, just because I don't know that. that I, it seems like the Cowboys are the only team that's like comfortable with how he plays, and I mean, there's so many things I can get into with this. I I don't know. It's just it's a it's a very confusing thing to me. I love the signing of Andy Dalton, um, and you know we'll see where it goes, but it, it's. It comes at a small, you know, it's surprising, but it's something that I expected, maybe not a move to sign Andy Dalton, but I expected Jones to kind of set the set a statement for not paying, um, for not paying Dak. So that, I mean, that's where I go with that. Um, Ray, any other thoughts on this? Yeah, just more of, you know, and in my head while you were, while you were talking, as I was listening to you too, it's just more of thinking. You know where else would he fit in? I don't see him fitting in with a team like maybe you know the Jets, who still have Sam Darnold at the helm. Um, they're still you know probably going to give him another season or two to see if he can step up and um, prove some people wrong. You know you have a team who um, just quarterback needs in general. I'm thinking of you know like um, maybe the Chargers or something like that with Rivers on his way out. But um, you know there's not much room right now with 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 talent wise. Um, that you're going to be able to go to, that you're going to get the same exact, um, you know, feel that you're going to have in Dallas and you're not going to have the same setup. So it's just more of, is Dak going to be willing to pay, take a pay cut? I think, 
he needs to be or else he's going to be out of a job in a lot of places. And, you know, he's I was, he's probably going to have to fight for a starting job. I mean, Andy Dalton is going to have something to prove. Oh, like 100%, said, he played really 100%. Well, played really well at the end of the season last year when they brought him back. So um, I think that's something, you know, you got to put yourself to the test. I mean, you have, I think this team is, is yours and you need to prove that or else someone else is going to come in and take your spot. And I think Andy Dalton's going to definitely give him a run for his money. So I guess that's where I'll um, kind of end my take with that. Yeah, I, I mean, and I'm setting this. I'm saying this right now. What is it? May fourth. May the fourth be with you. Uh, by the way, Ray. You. Yes, Thank sir. you. And I think another thing too is, <clears throat> and 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 don't it, you can write this down or something. If if Dak if Dak finds his way to the Patriots, do not ever, none of you can come at me about about him being good because it's Bill Belichick. All right, all right. If he goes to New England. It's because, and he's good, it's because Bill Belichick, all right? So I'm just saying it right now. I don't want anybody coming at me and being like, yo, Dak is so good, bro. <laughs> no, all right? I'm always going to think Dak's not good. And so I'm proving otherwise that he's great and he can win when he, when he statistically plays well, okay? So until then, if he ends up on the Patriots or something because they do need a quarterback, leave me alone. Um, Ray, great, great conversation today. Uh, super excited for the next... Uh, Next week of um, the Jordan documentary, Last Dance has done everything, you know, plus some and has exceeded my expectations. Uh, thanks for bearing with me with uh, with the baseball news and my good friend uh, Trevor Pluffet. Um, you know, it, it, it's it was fun to do this. And, uh, you know, I think this is a good conversation to have. And it was a, it was a good time, brother. Yeah, always is. Oh, every every week I look forward to it. So now now I just got to wait one more day. To, to hear your beautiful voice. So it's a little agonizing, but it, it makes my Mondays a little bit better, you know? Yeah, dude. Um, thank you so much. Thank you for that. Uh, all right, dude. Yeah, so uh, check out Instagram because me and Kevin uh, have put out uh, some, some T-shirts that we're thinking of selling for Mother's Day, and we could get them, like, expedited shipping and stuff. So um, take a peek at those, and just if anybody's interested, you know, send me a message. Um, and one thing, too, Tell your friends about the podcast. Tell, tell your parents to listen. If there's stuff you want us to change, if there's new stuff you want us to do, tell us. Um, just be, and I say this just because, uh, you know, I had an opportunity this past week um, with a company who wanted to sponsor us. And we didn't, I'll be truthful, we didn't have enough downloads to, to you know, reel them in. And, you know, the more downloads we get, the better. And the more cool stuff that we'll be able to give back to you guys and I'm all for whatever input you guys want to give me. If you say something sucks, tell me. If you say something's funny, tell me. If you want me to be funnier, tell me. If you want me to go on Instagram Live more, tell me. If you don't want to ever see my face on Instagram Live again, please tell me. Please tell me. I want, it, I want this to be better. I want this to be fun. And I want to continue to, to get better at, at what I do and work on my craft. Uh, and, you know, just whatever you guys can do. Um, downloads are really appreciated just so we can maybe work towards that sponsorship. And, you know, with that will come cool stuff that I can get for you guys. And it makes for more fun, more fun content, more guests on the show, more credibility. I mean, all of that stuff. Uh, so, you know, that was my little, uh, begging plead for, uh, this Monday and, uh, may the fourth be with you. And, uh, thanks for that. And Ray kind of shut us out here. Yeah. Everything, everything Joey just said, you know, same thing with me. I'm, I'm open ears, open mind. You know, we're, we're still new to this and we will be, you know, obviously we're, we're still the very young for, for bringing this up and being the podcast. I don't know many people who are our age who are, you know, putting this out there every single week and, you know, we're doing everything we can to bring, you know, the best content we can with, you know, obviously our, both of our schedules, you know, me working 45 hours a week and obviously Joey right now is, um, you know, not doing as much as he usually does, but obviously when his schedule's flown as well, you know, we're still taking the time, taking hours of our, out of our week to, you know, try and bring everything we can and make this, um, you know, entertaining for, for everyone who listens. And, um, you know, my family and uh, friends have all been supporting and um, uh, of me and, and saying, you know, keep doing it. You're, you're doing a great job. So um, be real as well. Um, you know, if you want, if there's more baseball stuff you want me to talk about, 
Uh, if there's something you want to hear my opinion on, you know, same thing with Joey. I, I think I can speak for him as well um, in, in a basketball aspect. You know, we're, we're willing to listen to, um, you know, some topics that, that you guys want to hear. And, um, you know, I think we, we, we are just in a very open mind right now of um, trying to, to build our brand. And um, I think we have a, a little ways to go, but I think we're, we're definitely on the right track. Yeah, and you know I agree with all that, Ray. Um, thank you for everybody. If you guys can throw downloads, please do. Uh, if you can throw rates, whatever you want to do. If you're interested in who's sponsoring us, and you know you want to see, you want to hear more because it may benefit you or something, feel free. Um, but just uh, everybody enjoy your week. Uh, make sure to tune into that Jordan documentary. Stay, you know, go go vote on Twitter um, at for from mine or Kevin, and I'm sure Ray will put it up too. Uh, from our accounts to just to see if it's a shirt that you might like it's pretty cool um and if if we have enough people that are interested in stuff then i, I would be opposed to doing it um but yeah everybody have a great week and we'll uh, we'll talk to you again next week yeah stay safe stay healthy as always um talk to you guys next week peace